Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Tony Martin. For biblical principles, for inner healing. I'm on the treadmill, so maybe that's the noise that you hear. I'm not sure. I just want to ask the question to talk about, really, are those roadblocks blocking you? What's your roadblock? I don't know about you, but I gotta know because it's those roadblocks that keeps us from getting where we're supposed to go. It's those roadblocks that slows us down, that try to hinder us, to keep us from being able to press through. We're gonna talk about roadblocks. What's your roadblock? You see it, you see the prize, but you have a problem getting to the prize. What's your roadblock? We're gonna pray first. Father, we just thank you for being together with us in the midst of us. Father, we ask that you open up our ears to hear and our eyes to see and our hearts to receive and grasp the word of God. And Father, I ask that you use my lips in Jesus' name to say whatever it is you want to say. Thank you guys again for joining us. This is Arthur Farley Martin, Biblical Principles for Healing. You guys, make sure that you sign up and register for my Christian Speed Dating event on my website, ArthurFarleyPublishing.GoDaddySites.com. Make sure you put those S's on the end of publishing and GoDaddySites. Okay? And register there. Our Speed Dating event is going to be November, Saturday, November 5th from 7 to 9 in Raleigh, Texas. Okay, well, we're getting ready to get started while I'm on this treadmill because I have a goal I'm trying to reach. So, even though I wanted to do this podcast, I couldn't let this treadmill get in my way because this is something I need to do. Something I believe the Lord has put on my heart to say. What are your roadblocks? Well, the Bible asks the question, he said, what hindered you? You know, you was once running so well. What hindered you? He tells us to lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily beset us. What is it that's besetting you? What is it that's causing you not to meet your God goals daily? How many of you know when we get up in the morning, Father tells us to acknowledge, to lean not to our own understanding. But to acknowledge God in all our ways, and God's promise to us is that He will direct our path, right? So, God, and then He says, "Be not wise in your own eyes, but depart from evil." Because when we don't acknowledge God in all our ways, we think we can do what we want to do. We ignore God in all our ways, right? This life that Christ has given us, we think we can just live it without him telling us. (laughs) That's kind of like when we want to put something together and we don't want to read the instructions. We just want to go straight to putting it together. We ignore the instructions. and So when we finish, we got all these pieces left over. And we're saying, they must have put extra screws in the box. No, they didn't put extra screws in the box. We didn't read the instructions. we was wise in our own eyes and we figured that we could figure it out without the expert's advice. Because 
the people who put it together, they put the manufacturer, they put the instructions in there. They're saying, this is how it goes. And how many, you know, that God is our manufacturer and he has the instructions, the blueprint, the plans, um, the purpose for our lives. And he's saying, listen here, this is how your life is supposed to go. But when we become wise in our own eyes, there's a proverb that says, there is a way that seems right. Because we can justify those wrong ways because we say things like, well, God, God understands. Um, well, God loves me. Um, what about the grace of God? Let me talk to you a minute about the grace of God because, see, the grace of God is meant to lead us. The grace of God and the goodness of God is meant to lead us to repentance, not so we can continue in the sin that we in. It's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. But when we're constantly rebelling against God and we're bent on doing what we want to do, then we're in those justifiable wrong behaviors. How many of you know that rebellion causes us to be blind? How many of you know that the power, the prophet Balaam, he couldn't see, but his donkey could see because he was bent on being rebellious. God had already told him not to do, not to go curse his people, but he was being persuaded by the money and he wanted to go do it anyway. So the Lord said, okay, go on and go. Right? We say things like, well, God understands. No, the only thing that God understands is that we're not doing what he says, right? Isn't that what we want? We want our children to listen to our voice because we're trying to tell them something that's right because we don't, we're trying to protect them from something that's wrong or we're trying to protect them from something that's gonna hurt them. So we try to tell them the right thing. How many of you know if we would listen and we all would have taken that right advice, the words of wisdom when it was crying out to us, that some of us, we sometimes, we wouldn't have suffered some of those calamities. Not all the time because the devil, he comes to steal the word too. But we know we've been rebellious or not as teenagers. You know, the Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. The way of the sinner is hard. Why is this? Because when we're not doing what God wants, we're doing what we want. And how many of you know that God does not grace us when we're in rebellion? How many of you know that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance? So you can be in rebellion and the gifts of operating in the covenant. God loves the people so much that you can still, but your, the thing is, your heart motive is not going to be fear. It's not going to come from a, from a good place because when our heart is in rebellion towards God, that's called pride. So they say, Lord, but I prophesied in your name. I cast devils out in your name. You mean I did all these things in your name and he said, depart from me you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. I didn't have a relationship with you because you did what you wanted to do. <laughs> I mean, you know, when we do what we want to do, what we're saying is God forgives you. Yep, 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 that's crushing. Father, we ask that you forgive us right now. 
and we repent of that. And so there's no condemnation here. This is a teachable moment, right? Okay? So let's continue to plow forward. We're talking about what is your roadblocks? What's, what's hindering you? You know, you want to run well, but what's hindering you? Lay aside every weight and sin that so easily beset you. What are your weights? What is the sin that so easily besets you? What is that temptation? What is that issue, your life issue? The Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it flows everything you do, right? There's a proverb that proverb says that as the, a water reflects the face of a man, so does his heart reflect his life. So I like to say that the issues that are in my life is coming from what's inside, right? I'm saying my own individual sin issues, not, not, not something, nothing else. I'm saying the things that I'm trying to overcome, the fights that I'm fighting, right? So what's your faith fight? What fight are you, what fight are you fighting in the spirit realm? Because that's really what the fight is. And most of the times we're our own enemy because life is choices. And don't get me wrong, y'all, the devil comes, the Bible says, immediately after the seed is sown, Satan comes to steal the word. So the devil coming, he's coming to steal this word. How does he steal the word? Well, it's the condition of our heart that determines how we receive the word of God. Some fell on the one on the wayside. Some fell on thorny grounds, rocky grounds, and then we had the good soil. What kind of heart, what condition is your heart in? A good soil heart is a heart that's open to not just edification, exhortation, and confirmation, but a good ground heart is open to correction and rebuke. It's not enough just to say, well, I know, I know, I know. No. So now that we know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about what we know? Mm, Lord, help us. Give us your wisdom to know how to do, to take, to uh, do, take authority over these things that we know that's contrary to who you are because it's not okay for us to sit here. It's not okay for us to sit in sin. It's not okay for us to sit in rebellion because the day that your word comes is the day we're to repent from it. You see, God allowed David to do all that he did. He saw him. He was right there with him. He saw when he forced Bathsheba to sleep with him. You say forced, yeah, because he was the king. And back then, if you didn't do what the king said, you lost your life. Right? It wasn't her idea. It was his idea. Then he saw, he saw the plot and plan and the scheme that he tried to do her husband Uriah to sleep with her. She got pregnant so he can make it look like he was the father. He was plotting playing the scheme. He was being very manipulative and God saw it off. You said, why didn't he interrupt it? The fact that God saw it does not mean that he was in agreement with it. And I think sometimes that's our misconception. That we think that because God allowed us to do wrong, that that's his permission. That's his stamp of approval. But that's not true because, see, love is choice, not force. So if you want to go and do what God told you not to do, guess what? He'll let you go and do what he told you not to do. But in the end, because see, 
and there's a way that seems right. And we do a lot of things. We can do a lot of things in the name of God, and we can do a lot of things in the name of Jesus, and it really not be about God, and it really not be about Jesus, even though you say in the name, because how many of you know that God said man looks at the outside, but he's looking at the heart, and Jesus already said, he already said that to him. They said, I prophesy in your name, I cast out devils in your name. He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Why? Because your motives, you didn't do that because of me. I never knew you. I didn't have a relationship with you. You've sat out on your own course and you did your own thing. And you knew that you was in sin. And you knew that you was in rebellion. But you were still bent on being stiff-necked. And I don't know about you, what is it that God is telling you to do? And we're sitting there with those justifiable, wrong, those justifiable, wrong behaviors. God loves me. God understands. God knows my situation. But the moment God sends a prophetic word to you, the moment God gives a word to you, that's the minute He's talking to you and saying, "Here, get up." Abraham, and you leave this place. No, he told Balaam, don't you go curse my people, right? But he did it anyway. Jonah, I need you to go to Nineveh. No, I turn this for Nineveh, one of my forgot the name, which one? But no, Jonah wanted to do what Jonah wanted to do. And I think we confuse when we begin to think that the gifts and callings are ours and that we can manipulate it Well, God is still with me because I can still teach. Well, God is still with me because I can still preach. Um, depart from me, you work of iniquity, for I never knew you. Because your heart, he said, you know, we can worship the Lord with our heart, our mouth. He said, you worship me with your lips, but your heart is so far from me. There's no condemnation. But how many of you know we can, we can be stuck in rebellion for so long? Every time we say no to God, we resist God and he resists us because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to those that are humble. And so when he sits someone with the word in me and he said, well, uh, you need to get up and move from this place. You need to go and do this. You need to go and build this. You need to do, you know, and we say, yep, I know, I know. But then we just sit there and we sit there. And the reason we sit there is because of those roadblocks those mindset strongholds that those thoughts that's contrary to the will of God that says, well, well, first I got to go do this, Jesus, um, before I can follow you. First, I got to go back and bury my father, Jesus, before I can follow you. But first, how many of you know, but the blessing is in the mess, <laughs> right in the middle of the mess. Because God is a present help in time of trouble. We think we're waiting for all the ducks to be in order before we can do what God say do. That don't take faith. It don't take hope to believe in something that you can see. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that we cannot see. Faith is like walking on water. You got to trust God every step of the way. Every step of the way, we have got to trust God if we're going to obey God. How many of you know, what's your roadblock? It's fear. Your roadblock. How many of you know that fear is a spirit? Second Timothy 5 tells us 
But God has not given us a severe fear. But power and love. 2 Timothy 5 and 7, I believe it is. But power and love and a sound mind. And when we are afraid to do what God says because we don't trust him, but there's no condemnation. Because see, the reason we don't trust him is because we haven't learned to have faith in his love for us. For perfect love casts out fear, the Bible tells us. Right? So I like to say, have faith in God's love for you and fear will have no place in you. Right? So let's, let's focus on our love relationship with the Lord. But uh, there we have a race. King David had a race. King Saul had a race. Jonah had a race. The prophet Balaam had a race. The apostles had a race. The Apostle Paul said, I fought the good fight of faith. I finished my course. I don't know about you, but I will, I'm, planning on, I'm going to finish my course. And when I get off course, guess what? I'm going to hurry up and jump back and get back on course. Because I know that when I get out of the will of God, rebellion causes us to be blind. Rebellion causes us to see what we want to see. Because see, the prophet, the, the donkey could see but the prophet couldn't see. He couldn't see that death angel. The prophet Balaam couldn't see the death angel standing there with that sword in the middle of the road that was going to kill him because he was on a mission, but it wasn't from God. Are you on your own mission? And But you're using God's name. You see, they knew him as to be a prophet of God. That's why they came to him for a word, but they didn't want to listen to the word when he told them no. Um, but then he was tempted to go because of the, the money, the glamour, the glitz, the prestige. How many of you know that we don't love God's people more than he does? And so when he says turn it off, that's what we do. We turn it off. When he says sit down, that's what we do. We sit down. We don't say things like, but God, the people are waiting for me. No, the people shouldn't be waiting for you. The people should be waiting on God. And when we mentor people, disciple people, I like to say, when we disciple people, probably the goal is, as believers, not to have people to learn to trust and lean and depend on us. But our goal as ministers and ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our goal is to lead them to God, to know, help them to understand and know that you can pray too. You can pray too. Teach them how to use the word of God. People need to be prepared and equipped for the work of the ministry, right? And how we have to know how to use the word of God as our weapon of warfare. It doesn't matter, not just in the building, the church building, because we're the church, um, but in the workplace, in our everyday life. If we don't learn how to use the word of God, as our weapon of warfare, we're going to be dominated and we're going to be carnal-minded believers, living life just like unbelievers. Because to be a believer, you can be a belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died and he rose, and leave it at that. And leave the rest, live the rest of your life as a carnal mind, unrenewed mind believer. But we're called to do, for, to bring God's kingdom in heaven because to cause it to manifest 
in the arts and the works that Jesus did, we should be doing also, but even greater because there's more than us. He came to make disciples. He told us to go into the world, preach the gospel, and to make disciples, not mentors, not followers, but disciples. Because a disciple, he multiplied himself. He multiplied himself in others. We want to make disciples. So Jesus, he trained his disciples. He prepared them. He equipped them for the work of the ministry. And then he sent them. He empowered them and he sent them. And their goal was to go out, do what Jesus did, and make other disciples. <laughs> so what's your roadblock? I don't know, I'm going to go down to the seminar. But what's your roadblock? What's blocking you? What lies the devil telling you to keep you from starting that business, from um, joining that prayer team, from starting that outreach, from starting that business, from marrying your spouse, from getting married? Well, everybody in my family always get divorced. The devil is alive. You know, what's your idea of marriage anyway? Where do you get your, where do you get that from? Do you look at the people around you? Do you watch uh, the TV? Where, where, do, where do you get your idea of marriage? Because marriage really does come with the manual. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. Life comes with the manual. The Bible, the Word of God, is our life manual. And when we can't find the specific answer, the Lord's asking for wisdom. And I will give it to you because how many of you know that God is not just a good God, but He's a good Father. He's an Abba Father. And he wants us to know what to do when we don't know what to do. Don't you want your kids to know what to do when they don't know what to do? You guys, listen to my podcast called Parental Guidance. It's an awesome illustration of the Father's love relationship with us. And it's how to show our position in Christ. How God is the Father. We're his children. We're the sons and daughters. And when we read his word or he gives us the word, we can trust it and know that it's all because it's working together for my good because God is good. My Abba Father loves me and I can trust him. No, no evil should come near me. No weapon formed against me should prosper. And how many know that God will strengthen me and grace me for the journey? Okay, so when we hear the word, a lot of times we want to accept the word when it's exhortation edification and confirmation but when correction comes we say it's a religious spirit or that's a I don't know if we don't want when we don't want to receive a word of correction it shows that we're in rebellion because the same way God used people to exhort encourage is the same way God used people for correction so God sent the prophet to David it was time now enough is enough it was time. I've seen everything that you've done. I've seen you plot, plan, and scheme. I mean, if you know, God said everything done in the dark is going to be made manifest by the light. Every word spoken in secret. Nowadays, it's going to be shouted on Facebook, the news media, social media. <laughs> everything in the dark is coming to the light. So, David Day of manipulation, David Day of rebellion was over because. God said, okay, enough is enough. I'm getting ready to send my pocket to you. 
the one that same one that gave you, you know, we'll take that word of encouragement, but God sent that same prophet around to correct you, and now he's evil. But again, how many of you know that when we're rebellious to God, it causes us to be blind? Because the donkey can see, but the prophet can see. And we, let's get this straight that the gifts are not us, and the gifts are not ours. And the gifts of God are without repentance. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. The gift comes from God. Let's not get that mixed up. When, those, when the apostles came to Jesus and they was rejoicing because they had cast out devils and doubt demons were, oh, they were subject to his name, Jesus turned and said, listen here, you don't need to rejoice that you cast out devils. You need to rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb book of life. Why? Because the gifts come from God. They, the demons came out because of Jesus' name, not because of not because of Paul's name, not because of my name. <laughs> so when God tells us to do something, he wants us to work with him, not for him, not in place of him. But for those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. This is why it's so important to have accountability partners in your life because sometimes people around you can see what you can't see. But when they, when they come with the word of correction, then you say they're evil. It's not that they're evil, it's just that you're rebellious. Because when we don't want to be corrected, that's because we're rebellious. But most of the time, the same way someone comes with a prophetic word to you, about you, is already confirming what God has already told you. So you should be kind of familiar with that word. And, and a lot of times when they come with correction, you're familiar with that word too. But if we don't want to submit to the Word of God, the will of God, and the way of God. That's when we get into those justifiable wrong behaviors and we begin to say, but God understands, but it seems to be working right. But isn't that what the words say? There is a way that seems right, but the end thereof is death. It seems, it seems, it doesn't matter what it seems like. The question comes to be, is that what God is telling you? Early. Is that what God is telling you to do? Yeah, I know you put the name of Jesus on it, but is God in it? Is, is he in it? Is that what he told you to do, or is he doing what you wanted? Are you just, anytime we have to justify a wrong behavior, or if we can't find what we're doing in the word of God, then it's not God. And most of the time, it's not we say God is telling us to do something because we look at the characteristics of Christ. If you're my, when my character is not Christ's character, or my character is not Christ's life, it's not Christ. That's my flesh, right? It's not, it's not hard. We need to judge ourselves. We judge ourselves, we won't be judged, right? We, if we take the plank out of our own eye, then we'll be able to see. We will be able to see the splinter in our brother's eyes when we take the plank out of our own eye. But um, what's your roadblock? Why haven't you did what God has told you to do? Because that's got to be priority. God, the Father's business has got to be priority because when we're not about the Father's business, we're just about our own business. <laughs> and our life, God created us to live his life, not our own life. All right, I'm getting ready to end it here. 
I just want to know. I want to end here. What is your roadblocks? What is your excuses? What lie has the devil told you to make you believe you can't do what God tells you? It's a step at a time, a minute, a moment, a second. You don't have to wait till you get that big old building and start building the home to the homeless. Start where you at. You don't have to have the clothes, uh, the building for the clothes to start giving clothes away. Do it right where you are. I don't know what is it that God has called you to do. Whatever it is that God calls you to do, we ought to do it today and start being at the Father's business. And I'm not just talking about church house ministry. I'm talking about everyday life ministry. I'm talking about being kind to your spouse. That's ministry. How many of you know that real ministry begins at home? Because when you can love the people in your house, when your family say you say, you say for real. And I don't mean say because you quote a lot of Bible scriptures or say because you go to church a lot, but I'm just saying, when your husband can say you say, or your wife can say, uh, he's a good husband to me, he's a good, she's a good wife to me, my children will rise and they call you blessed, you know you saved for real. Because a uh, prophet is not without honor except for those among households. That's true. But just make sure, that's because of the rebellion in them. But just make sure that we keep being a light in the midst of this dark, hurting world. Because people are looking for answers and people are, um, they're, they're, hopeless people are dangerous people. Because hopeless people don't have a vision and they cast off restraints and they do mass shootings because they don't see a future. That is their future. For some way the devil has convinced them, this is your end. This is your end all. This is what you're called to do. But the devil is a liar. Jesus is still Lord. It just uh, We're seeing abound the grace of God abound there much, much more. There's more for us than there are against us, right? It's just that what you look at is what determines what you believe. We're living by what we believe in. There's no condemnation, but what is your roadblock? And if you're still here, age is nothing but a number because Moses started his ministry at 80. He was called into full-time ministry at 80, but God prepared, it took 40 years for God to prepare him and equip him for the work of the ministry when he was back there tending those sheep. He was learning patience. <laughs> he was learning gentleness, kindness. <laughs> he was learning the characteristics of Christ while he's back there tending those sheep. So when he was old, weak, and feeble, when he was empty of himself, when he was empty of his own ability, when he was empty of it, he was depleted of his own strength, God said, now I can use you. Because it's not by might nor by your own power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Will we just yield to God's will so he can have his way? I don't know about you, but Father, I come before you again today, this day. And I give my members to you and I repent of everything in my life that's contrary to you. And help me to be a kind wife today, a good mother today, a good friend, a good person to, to you, the people who you so dearly love. How many of you know God loves the world? It was for God so loved the world, not just you, not just me. But love is edification, exhortation, confirmation, and rebuke too. Because faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful is the kiss of an enemy. And when we don't want to hear the truth, then we'll go out and we'll get people having itching ears and get us gather us among a bunch of people that agree with what we say, knowing it's not the right way. You're being kissed. That's when we're being kissed by an enemy. So don't cast your truth tellers out because your truth tellers is your true friends. <laughs>
Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. So I don't, I don't understand. Um, a lot of times people don't understand what the love of God is. But if we read the, read the Gospels, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John, let's read the Gospels and we'll see the characteristics of Christ. Jesus turns over tables and he is love. He calls them snakes and vipers and he is love. Uh, he said, leave them alone, let the blind eat the blind, and he is love. <laughs> He was love and he is love. And that was all lovely. And he wasn't thought, well, he wasn't being kind when he said, call them snakes and vipers. Yes, he was because he was designing their spirit. And he already knew, he, he, the Bible was always saying he knew their thoughts. You know, words of knowledge, the gifts of the spirit. They're there to, uh, not just so we can brag about, oh, I, I have revelation knowledge, I have words of knowledge, I have prophecy. No, the gifts are for the people. Gifts are to, for us to share and give to others. It's not, they're not ours. So let's not become prideful and thinking, see the, the, the uh, prophet Balaam thought the gift was his and he could use it however he wanted to. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can go curse God's people if I want to. It, you know, I'm gifted. I mean, I'm a No, no, no. The gift is not yours, the gift is God. The gift comes from God. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. But the Holy Spirit, he left, he he, he gave gifts to men. Right? Words of knowledge, words of knowledge, the prophet, the pastor, the preacher, the teacher, and then he gave gifts to people. So the gifts are not ours. The gifts belong to God. But the character that comes out of our, our obedience and true humility, let me tell you what true humility is. True humility is being obedient to what God says. Because when we don't care about what God says, we do what we want. And we take his gifts and we prostitute, we try to prostitute the gifts. Bang them to my, I'm going to go. I know I should, you know, I already know God already told me no, but these people need me. Lord Jesus. Know this and understand that we don't love our children more than God do. We don't even love ourselves more than God do. We don't love the people he created more than he do. So let's come down off of that pride, prideful heart because rebellion causes us to be blind. Because without correction, we open ourselves up to that spirit of deception. Therefore, be doers of God's word. What is what is the word to you? Because teachers will be judged more harshly than those who don't. So what is God's word to you? Ministry starts with me. Ministry starts with my house. Ministry starts with my what is God's word to you? It doesn't matter how nice I am to the people in the street. It doesn't matter how many sick people I visit. If I neglect my husband, if I neglect my home, then I'm out, I'm, I'm out of alignment. Because a man who does not take care of his own household is worse than an infidel. This is what the word of God says probably. You know, it's not it's not enough to be nice to the pastor and be mean and evil as a snake to, my, to your husband at home. That's not okay. It's not okay for me to go and, and tend to the sick in the streets and leave my husband at home sick or leave my kids at home sick. You see what I'm saying? Ministry begins at home. For a man who does not take care of his own household is worse than infidel. Okay, so know and understand this. That God can see you even when people can't see you. So it's so important that we begin to be God conscious and less people conscious. Understand and know that God sees.